The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Hello everyone and welcome to the Echo Chamber. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the EMEA editor of The Homes Report and I'm joined in London today by André Labadie, Brands to Life's Managing Director of Business and Technology, who is here to talk about a fascinating new paper from the agency on the challenges of bringing stories about artificial intelligence, a company's products and innovations to life from a communications perspective. André, welcome to the Echo Chamber. Hi there, nice to be here. Uh, it's lovely to have you. Now, you've written a, a quite chunky white paper on this subject. What made you think that this is something that needed addressing in depth? Well, the AI space is really hot at the moment. Um, We're working with a number of clients uh, in the space from uh, right across the spectrum, really, from from the B2B tech side, in which I sit in right through the business, from corporate and business clients and uh, and consumer clients as well. Um, And as a space, it's evolving really, really quickly. Mm. Um, We saw a stat that talked about how VC funding of AI companies went up 72% last year, so hitting a record 9.3 billion globally. And we see it across all sectors from fashion to healthcare, law, finance, um, through to things like cybersecurity and things that people in the street might be more familiar with, mm. such as uh, such as connected home devices and Alexa. Um, and w- while we're seeing that there's a huge interest among brands trying to tell their AI stories, there's also um, a bit of fear and a bit of concern among, among uh, employees, among the general public as mm. well, in terms of how it affects their jobs, how uh, it's changing their lives. And what that means for, um, for communicators is that there's a real, there's a real challenge out there. It's, it's not difficult to tell a credible AI story, particularly when there's so much competition out there and there's mm. a number of issues that, that these brands are facing. So our clients are challenging us to help them tell their stories. Okay. What we're working on at the moment and why we thought the report would be interesting to look at is just to look at some of these challenges, explore them in a little bit of detail and try and find some common themes and some strategies to help brands overcome the challenges. Okay. Now, I'm in the interested, geekily excited, but also fairly ignorant camp when it comes to AI, as, as in many things in my life. But even I know that things get called artificial intelligence when they are not artificial intelligence. And it's become a bit of a catch-all term, which I guess is part of the challenge. For the avoidance of doubt, can you outline the difference between AI, machine learning, and automation? So I, so I can have a go. I'm not a technologist, necessarily. <laughs> okay, let's have a go. And there will be people listening to this podcast who um, don't dis- don't agree with what I'm saying, okay. because there's quite a lot of uh, room for interpretation. But but my the, the way I see it, um, AI is all about trying to make machines or software uh, mimic and eventually supersede um, human behavior, whereas machine learning is the application of data of AI. Ba- sorry, is the application of AI based around the idea that we should be able to give machines access to data and let them learn for themselves. Okay. Then you have automation, which is a lot simpler, really, which is basically making a hardware or software that is capable of doing things automatically without human invention. So it follows pre-programmed rules. Okay. Where it gets a little bit more. Um, difficult is is there are also different um, areas and definitions around AI itself. So very simply, you have um, 
what we would call narrow AI. So this is AI focused on a very specific type of application. So for example, one of the brands that we work with is Darktrace, um, which is a cybersecurity business, which uses AI to identify um, unusual behavior within organizations very quickly and also uses AI to, 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 to stop that behavior. And to protect the organization, whereas then you have general AI, which is uh, which is where the AI is becoming sentient. So much more advanced. We're not there yet. We're some years off that yet. But there are two two very different um, types of okay. AI out there. So even AI isn't just AI. Okay, that's really interesting. So uh, th- this is one of the challenges I'm guessing. What what are the main challenges for? Um, uh, communicators in in storytelling for companies in this space? So from speaking um, to to the clients, um, to journalists and to to a lord who chairs the the, the Lord's AI committee around some of the challenges, we identified four key areas. So the first one is there's just too much noise out there. Mm -hmm. Too many brands are trying to tell their AI story. Then there's the, the, um, the suggestion of AI washing okay. in that brands who don't really um, have a strong AI technology or product are trying to get in on the, on the AI act and jumping on the bandwagon. Then we've got the, the fact that there's a need for education, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier, and it's a, it's, a, it's a very emotive area and there's a lot of misunderstanding around it. And um, there's a real need for brands in some areas to, to really educate um, their audiences around what, what their AI offering is and what the implications of it are for businesses and people. And then finally, there's the ethical question as well, which is probably... Um, Probably the the most contentious area, yeah. And that you know, brands, and we can talk about this in more detail. Brands have to really consider whether it's an area of the AI conversation that they really want to get involved in. Okay, well, we'll come back to all of those <laughs> shortly. But in general, what would you say the role of professional communicators is as AI becomes more pervasive? I think the role of communicators is to is is to carve out a brand's AI story to find out what's really different mm. about it and then to tell that story really clearly. So it's really obvious to the audiences where that brand sits, what they can do for, for me as a person, as an employee, uh, or, or, um, or leading a, a business unit within, within a business. Um, I think there's also a, a responsibility um, to excite people. Mm. Right? You know, AI is fascinating. There are so many yes. brilliant applications and potential applications for it and rarely in this in this um in this game do we do we get to talk about what the art of the possible is and look and future gaze many Mm. years ahead talk about its potential and then finally i think yeah there's a we do have a responsibility to to tell that story sensitively um to dive into the appropriate um, discussions and, and often tackle some quite difficult questions around mm. around you know our our very nature as humans and how we're going to evolve as people as an employees. Yeah, big questions actually. And going mm. back to that human point that you mentioned earlier, there's considering we're talking about machines, there's an awful lot of human emotion, mainly fear fear and ignorance. I would argue around AI. What what's going on here, and how can we get around that as communicators? Well, I think it's it's natural. Um, that there are there are concerns and there are fears um, around AI. I think um, what we need to do is is really focus in on on the impact. Okay, it's it's there's there's no no real interest among the media for talking about technology for technology's sake. Mm. What there is interested is how um, how it's going to affect people 
um, how it's going to affect their jobs, how it's going to affect their livelihood, how it's going to affect their, how they interact with colleagues and play with their children mm. and entertain themselves. So um, I think as communicators, again, it's grounding AI uh, in, in, in the real world. And mm. that real world might be a few years off because we talked about having to excite people. But it's about not just talking... Um, theory but about showing people how ai can can really positively impact their lives okay so it's not uh, the robots are coming no situation. it's not but you know the word the robots kind of is, is used as a it's used as a metaphor often and it's used mm. as a, as a um, an easy way to talk about ai and automation because people get it people have seen the terminator they've seen they've seen the other films and they it, it it's often we're talking about software, yeah. right? So it's very <laughs> yeah. hard to visualize software. So robots, yes, they're you know they're they're, they're interesting and they're they're completely transforming lots of industries. Mm. Are they necessarily AI? Well, sometimes they use AI, but by and large, you know, robots are a case of automation. Yeah. Okay. And tell me a bit about AI washing, which you mentioned earlier. And everything gets a wash these days. We talk a lot about purpose washing, <laughs> green washing. What's AI washing? So. AI washing is is really um, what we how brands who don't necessarily have a really strong AI story but get that it's a it's a topic people are interested in mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps they're being less than not going to say less than truthful but they are they're definitely perhaps attaching themselves to to the, the AI bandwagon when maybe they don't have quite as strong a link of some of the other brands okay. out there so we 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 read uh, one study in the financial times that talked about how two-fifths of Europe's artificial intelligence startups don't actually use AI programs in their products what how how are they described as AI startups in that case? That's bizarre. Um, yeah, it's bizarre, <laughs> completely bizarre. Um, but I guess it just it goes to show that there is such obvious interest in it. There's obviously interest from the media, mm. but also from v- VCs, right? Yeah. And that, you know that's where the money is. They're, they're, my suspicion is they are far more likely to be able to attract investment yeah. if they can align themselves to to, to this trend okay. where there's a lot of interest. There are, there are funds out there that are specifically focused um, on on AI. So you yeah. know it's it's not entirely um it's not it's it's entirely understandable you know can okay. completely get why why brands are doing this but it does i think it does make it harder for external parties whether they're potential customers influencers or journalists to really identify the truly innovative propositions from from the people who are jumping on the on the bandwagon yeah. and there's also a there's also a challenge from a of a perceived lack of evidence due to there's so many early stage um, projects out there and often these projects are confidential. So we do get that brands have to try and navigate their way through not not being seen as AI washing, but also mm. ensuring that they are seen as part of this, this AI, AI yeah, movement. It's very exciting space. Yeah. I mean, what would your advice to be? So you've got a startup who come along and they're very, they're absolutely determined to be aligned with the AI space, but you can't really see any evidence that AI in its true formal forms is what they're doing. What What's your counsel to them in that case? Are you just like, no, forget it? Or do you help them spin themselves a bit more convincingly into that space? Yes, it's a really good question. I I, I guess we would we would we would figure out just how close to, to true AI mm. that, that they are. Um, we wouldn't 
spin something up if, if they were a million miles away and they were just trying to jump on the bandwagon. So it's, I guess it's a case of um, speaking with them or learning about their technology, speaking to some of the some of the technologists and figure out even if we can't talk about them as an AI brand mm. or their product having a um, an AI element to it, how can some of the um, the themes that, that are being discussed around AI be, be applied mm. to that business and how can they get on the how can they get in get in the the stories and try and drive coverage that way? And does that require I mean you've said you're not a technologist, so thank you very much for having <laughs> a good stab at all the definitions earlier. But um does that require the um agency and agencies who are involved in this space to have people on board who really do know what they're looking at? So we don't necessarily have technologists on board, but we do have people who who've been in this space a, a long, long time. Mm. Um and we we think we're pretty good at sorting out the not the wheat from the chaff but the p- figuring out who who are the really exciting brands who's got a really good ai story mm-hmm. um to tell we're not while we're not we're, few of us in in the agency and, and in the industry i think could necessarily write code i think what we are good at is being able to um take what might be a very complex proposition mm. and align it to some of the big bigger macro issues that, that that we're seeing out there and i think that's where we can bring real real specialism and real real um real power to an organization's ai story so give me a couple of examples of brands to life clients where you've really helped enhance their ai story so um what i mentioned earlier is is dark trace mm-hmm. so it's a it's a cybersecurity firm which uses ai um, as part of as to to um, to tackle some of the um, the security threats that brands are facing these days, and Darktrace came to us with um, getting pretty good coverage. Mm. They're, they're a UK founded business. Some of their lots of their employees are from Cambridge. Um, they're some of them from GCHQ, and they've got a global presence. They're a very very successful business. Um, but we we worked with Dark Trace to to take them up a level or two and really try and bring bring some creativity, bring some more perseverance and persistence really to to help it tell its story. Mm-hmm. So it has an extremely strong story. It talks about itself as the the enterprise immune system, which which actually we think is really powerful. There yeah. was not much there to change at all. But I think what the value we added was being able was being super persistent, was making sure that we they knew exactly who was writing about AI. Mm-hmm. We knew who was could potentially be writing about AI and security. So not just going for the tech reporters on the nationals. We we, we do that and we get really good traction um, with them. But also figuring out what's the story uh, for the legal profession. Mm-hmm. What's the story for for defence and working with it to to um, to really develop that story for the media and also work with it to try and find customers as well who could help help support that story. Um, that's one example. Um, I guess another example is um, is IPsoft. So IPsoft IPsoft is in a lucky position. Because it is a um, it is a true AI brand, right? So it's the world. I think it's the world's largest um, pub, um, privately owned AI business, and it's home to um, the world's most realistic digital assistant, Amelia. Okay. And so, half the battle has been won in terms of it's a known AI brand. You're not necessarily having to, to kind of shoehorn it into conversations. But again, it's really about being creative. It's about 
spotting the opportunities every single day, looking at where could we potentially get IPsoft involved in, in the AI discussions that are happening. And if they're not happening mm. over the course of that week, how can we create them and how can we go to IPsoft and work with it to to develop really interesting stories that, that further the products, mm. because that's what we're being paid to do, but also ensure that it's been seen as a true thought leader and a true innovator in the AI space. Okay. And what's just to go back to another point you made earlier, what's the education piece here? And we touched a little bit on that earlier in terms of the kind of a lack of understanding um, by the media, among others. What role have you got to play in educating? So, as we talked about, when we when we think about AI, Lots of people still think about robots and, and terminators. And one of the um, interviewees in the report, Cherry Gray, who runs um, PR for VMware mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, EMEA, she she talked about how um, because we're still in the realm of the unknown, and while as a vendor you might traditionally talk about the technical details, what ends up in front of the average person on the street has got to be really, really tangible. We mm. talked about the need to show impact upon their lives and upon their businesses. And I think in order to do that, we need to talk about the benefits that it's having, particularly in an area like healthcare, perhaps, which is continually advancing. Yeah. Um, even if people don't realise it, it, it's a job of brands in that space to talk about the, the positive implications. And I guess if you think around all the areas where AI could be helping organizations and people, whether it's controlling cognitive assistance in customer service, like IPsoft does, whether it's reducing R&D costs and improving efficiency in drug development, or even if it's making scarce healthcare resources go further, I think the use of AI is helping organizations to be to be a lot more successful. So I think I think the key is in the positivity. Mm. You know, it's it's allaying people's fears but having those difficult conversations if we need to but broadly it's around allaying people's fears trying to move away from these terminator and doomsday scenarios of the robots taking over Mm. um and and doing it in a way that brands that it feels true to the brand that it's realistic and it's not over hyping yeah okay well one of those tricky conversations has got to be around ethics i would have thought so I was at the Eco Global Summit in Lisbon last week and there was a panel on artificial intelligence and how ready the public relations is for it as an industry in its own right. And and one of the questions came up is that there are so many ethical frameworks around AI that it's it's a complete minefield to know if you're using the right stuff in the right way for the right ends. What's your what what's your take on that having done your research for the paper? Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And any any discussion at all that looks at the impact of AI on people has to ultimately consider ethics. Um and as you say it's a subject that we as an industry is and and um the brands creating AI products and services have wrestled with a long time. I think at the last count, there are over 80 different frameworks for, for ethics in AI. Wow. So as a brand, how on earth do you, do you, yeah. do you choose which one to follow? Um, so, you know, whether it's, whether it's the potential consequences of increased efficiency, such as job losses and where the responsibility lies in, in mitigating that, or whether it's the threat of unchecked programs discriminating against certain groups, any brand who wants to tell an AI story has to at least consider its ethics position. So even vendors who might think they could never be deployed in an ethical in an unethical situation, they've got to bear in mind the perception of AI and headlines touching on AI or technology ethics can really strike a chord with consumers, which in turn can influence their view of, of AI um, as a whole. <clears throat> so 
it's 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 a really it's a really tough one. Lord Clement Jones was the the Lord I spoke about, who chairs the the Lords AI Committee, who had some really interesting points to make. And in his opinion, he talked about how. As a brand, you don't just develop or apply AI. You potentially have to be a consultant in AI across the board in all sorts of different ways. One of those ways is ethics. So the brand and the experts within those brands need to know how they ethically screen, how they implement an AI code of ethics, whether they need to be able to audit their systems. And there are huge implications for society. As Lord Clement Jones talked about, tech vendors need to understand that people do not know what the consequences would be. And so they should not wait to be asked. Mm. Uh, It's an absolute minefield, isn't it, really? And like you said, it requires a, a kind of a different level of consultancy than you would normally expect to have as a a manufacturer of technology. Absolutely. You know, and from a comms perspective, it, it comes down to, to a need for transparency. Mm. Um, I think for any organisation whose AI impacts people, as in almost any AI uh, organisation, um, having a position on ethics is, is just non-negotiable. Mm. Now, whether you go, go out there with full force and that is the thrust of your story or one of your stories that you take to the media, that's a different matter. You know, you need to... Kink- consider really carefully how hard you should push that ethics question or if it's something that you should just have a position on yeah. but it but it's kept on the back burner and you're you're able to credibly answer questions if pushed on it okay. but you're not necessarily um believing that you have to go out and take a take a leadership position on it and and taking that leadership leadership position isn't right for lots of brands. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I understood. I mean, they'll take a leadership position on many, um, you know, burning questions of the day is something that many brands are fi- they're finding increasingly comfortable, but also some are just never going to stick their head yeah, above the parapet. So, Andre, were there any surprises for you as you were interviewing everybody for this paper and doing your research? I think the main surprise really was, was apart from the ethics question, in that, is that there weren't necessarily any surprises. Like right. the 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 the, um, the takeaways that we found from interviewing um, interviewing everyone that we spoke to, actually they're common sense, mm. and a lot of PR is usually common sense. Um, but it, it it became really clear that actually what we're what we're schooled in and what we practice on a day day to day basis is absolutely applicable to to AI. Uh, however, you're trying to communicate it, and um, in terms of the, the the five takeaways that we had. Yeah, run so, us through those. Yeah, so um, five things that we found. So, so one is to be really clear on on what you're what you're offering. So, IPsoft CMO uh, Nick Panayai talked about how it's really important to find and own a new space in the market because AI, AI is such a broad tool. Mm. You have to be really clear on where you fit, what you offer, and how that links to to AI. The second one is focusing on the impact and not the technology. So as I talked about earlier, people, while there are, there are brands out there who are doing incredibly cool stuff in AI, and if Google has, has um, launched a new AI product, whether it's under the Google brand or DeepMind or, or whatever, it's sometimes of interest to a fairly niche pool of, mm-hmm. of journalists. However, that's not the case for most AI stories. So I think brands need to talk about how things are going to change, not necessarily how or why um, the AI is important. You're not selling an algorithm. You're selling how it can change the lives of people. Yeah, that's a very good point. Bring it back to the human again. Abs- absolutely. Mm. It, all, it all comes back to the, to the human. And I think that's tied into the third point that we found, which is be credible, Right. Don't try and jump on issues or um, topics that you you can't credibly talk about. You have to 
ensure that what you'll say, what you say your products and solutions are, are actually what they are. Not every vendor can necessarily lay claim to having game-changing AI technology developed by large teams of, of experts. And that's absolutely fine. Mm. But everyone who wants their voice to be heard should be able to draw upon real experts who have credible viewpoints and interesting and forward-thinking views. Okay. Fourth is, um, is, is about telling stories and not products. So again, this goes back to this real-world examples. They're absolutely vital. Find them where they exist and where you have the customers who are willing to talk about them. Yeah. If they're not, then consider using data to support your point. So that can be really powerful because as well, it allows you to talk about some of the wider trends um, within within your sector. We talked um, to the Alan Turing Institute and they summed it up um, well by saying a lot of what sits behind AI is often complex mathematical equations oh. and algorithms, which don't necessarily make for compelling comm story on their own. You have to know which ones to pick up and which ones to let go. And when is a really good time to tell that story? Okay, that's a really good point. And then the, four, the, the fifth one we found was, was around being bold. So AI is, being seen as, is seen by many as being futuristic and, and visionary. And we talked earlier around how AI gives, um, gives PRs a, sometimes a fairly rare opportunity to, to be really creative and really talk about what the potential future benefits and implications of AI could be. So if you can talk about the future while being realistic, then do that. Harness that, that ability. But also don't don't avoid the bigger topics if you've got something that's really compelling to say and also crucially whether that story can can withstand robust scrutiny. And I think that that last point is really important to avoid getting your message hijacked. There are some negatives in AI. There are some things that really concern um, concern us. But in order to to tell a story around AI that's that's really compelling and really comprehensive. Then sometimes we have to face those those potential negatives mm. and and be prepared for 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 the fallouts and potential consequences of taking on what is such an emotive but actually incredibly fascinating topic. Yeah. So what's your I mean what's your favorite just as a, a final point what's your favorite application or future application of AI that you've come across? One of my clients um, VMware which is one of the world's biggest and most influential technology firms, its CEO, Pat Gelsinger, is extremely passionate about the potential for technology to address some of the biggest problems that we're facing as humans mm. on the planet. And I think AI has an enormous role to play in that. That, that, that for me, really captivates um, the imagination. And I think it's also really interesting because it's it's something that, that VMware as a, as a brand isn't just pursuing by itself. It's something that it requires the, the technology industry, the data science industry, the AI industry to come together yeah. as a collective and really bring together their collective technology and brain power, not just AI power, but, but bringing all that together to really solve things like climate change. And um, for, for me, it's those enormous issues that I think AI has enormous potential. Okay, brilliant. Inspiring stuff. Um, Andre, thank you very much for joining the Echo Chamber Thank you today. very much.